that Cruz and Senator Cornyn do not have offices in El Paso. If you go to their website, it says contact us, but they have them everywhere else. And so it's very clear that we are under attack. It's very clear from the language of the previous president and from our governor, who's interested in being his running mate, that we have targets on our backs. And we in El Paso, along with people in Uvalde and all across the country, know that when you mix that kind of rhetoric with gun laws that we have and policies and laws like SB4, it's a very dangerous cocktail. Marissa Limon Garza, we want to thank you so much for being with us, Executive Director of Las Americas Immigrant Advocacy Center. We're going to link to your piece in The Messenger. The Senate shouldn't treat migrants as bargaining chips. That does it for our show. Democracy Now! is produced with Mike Burke, Renee Feldstein, Aguster, Messiah Rhodes, Nermeen Sheikh, Maria Tarasena, Tammy Warrenoff, Trina Nadura, Sam Alcoff, Tamari Astudio, John Hamilton, Robbie Karen. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. You are tuned in to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM and streaming on the web at kboo.fm. KBOO's end of year campaign is happening right now. We invite you to donate and become a member today. We have the full spectrum of ways to join. Go to kboo.fm slash give or by texting KBOO to the number 44321. You can also mail a check to the station at 20 Southeast 8th Avenue in Portland. Cut through the clouds and make it rain to help us meet our $75,000 goal by December 31st. I'm Grace Gearing, Medicine Eagle Reed. I am broadcasting Negotiating Dramatic Events, a new show on KBU, the third Wednesday at 9 a.m. I am a social justice activist since the 1960s. The purpose of the show is to make life more wonderful for me and the people around me. And I'm 80, and I'm going to take my uh, elderliness <laughs> and share what I have found so that everybody can be seen, heard, and understood. Negotiating dramatic events, the third Wednesday at 9 a.m. Thanks for tuning in. Really appreciate KBU. Hi, this is Pat Matheny. You're listening to Radio KBOO here in Portland. You're listening, you're listening to KBOO Portland, 90.7 FM. The time is 8 a.m. Next up is Wednesday Talk Radio with Paul Rowland. She was looking for a place to have a baby But with the hospitals destroyed
just turn my mic up. But right. but you got to get him on my mic like in there. Jesus. And good morning, everybody. Sorry about that. Some technical difficulties starting off the show this morning. So I get it. Um, anyway, we're going to have to get David Robux. We had a song by David Robux to start out the show. We're going to have to get him on a mic in this room. So can you get uh, mic one punched up there? Check. Is he on? Check, check think so all right yeah we're we're ready to roll folks <laughs> community radio on the fly all right hopefully ty will get that uh song queued up on the boo player so it's visible there and we can play the song maybe we should just talk about anyway good morning david rovix good morning paul <laughs> you can hear me in the mic here Is that yep 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 cool. we're on we're both on we're live live on community radio and, it's never uh, supposed to start smoothly. That would be that, that's for the professionals. <laughs> what are you accusing me? <laughs> you got a six un, six figure salary there. <laughs> unprofessional. Anyway, folks, yes, this is uh, not the way we always have it here on KBU Community Radio, especially during our membership drive, when we are doing our best to convince you that we are giving you the best possible radio, and. Uh, we certainly are making our every best effort to do so, and we are bringing you great content regardless. And uh, we're going to have a really good show here this morning with David Rovix talking about free speech, deplatforming, and the war on the Israeli war on Gaza and the Palestinian the, the movement to stop the Israeli war on Gaza and the Palestinian people. And we will be coming to that in just a second but first i do have to remind you we are in our end of year membership drive we are rip roaring down to a conclusion and uh we would love you to step up and uh go to kbo.fm and click on donate or you can uh text kboo to 44321 on your mobile device or you can mail us here at 20 southeast 8th avenue portland oregon 97 214 80% of our funding does come from you the listeners you and you and you and you oh so here we got the song well let's just go to that song she was looking for a place to have a baby but with the hospitals destroyed she headed south in a donkey cart Give birth to her little boy She wasn't lying on a manger No hay beneath her on the ground She couldn't hear her newborn's cries With the bombs exploding all around There's baby Jesus lying in the rubble a hungry little bag of skin and bones With his mother Mary broken there beside him In the place that they were calling a safe zone Without a blank, 
without a drop of water Nothing between them and the sky The wise men from the east tried to come to see him But they're trapped at the crossing in Sinai There's no fuel for the water pumps Only for the drones always buzzing overhead Reminding every child there beneath them The next moment it could be your mama dead There's baby Jesus lying in the rubble A hungry little bag of skin and bones With his mother Mary broken there beside him In the place that they were calling a safe zone He's the Son of God, said the angel As the babe began to shiver from the cold There was a twinkle in his eye for a moment Before the rigor mortis took hold This prophet who was born to save our species This child who was the only son Of all the tens of thousands killed so far Now we can add another one There's baby Jesus lying in the rubble A hungry little bag of skin and bones With his mother Mary broken there beside him In the place that they were calling a safe zone In the place that they were calling a safe zone In the place that they were calling a safe zone Safe zone indeed. No safe zones in Gaza. Anyway, I do have David Rovix, a singer-songwriter, local activist here in Portland for a number of years, and uh, he's able to dash off a powerful song on very short notice. That's a powerful song there, David. Thank you. I've been writing about song every other day since the war started. That's about all I know what to do with myself is write essays or write songs or sing at protests. And if I'm not doing at least one of those things in a day, then I just feel like jumping off a cliff and that seems like a bad idea. So time for another song, essay, or protest. It's hard. It's hard. I mean, people, you know, I I know the urge to just shut off the radio, don't look at the TV. It's just, it's just so much to bear. And it, you know, we, we, relatively speaking, I mean, speaking for myself, got it pretty damn easy here and uh, have no idea what it's like. No idea. Can't have an idea. Don't want to have an idea what it's like. But, uh, you know, listening to Democracy Now!, which I tend to do, you hear she's been, Amy Goodman's just been on it for weeks now. It's really amazing that she's just basically focusing on Gaza. I mean, she's starting to have other stories on other issues, which is good, too, because there's so much going on. But anyway, thanks to Amy Goodman and uh, thanks to KABU for airing uh, Democracy Now! twice a day at 
7 to 8 a.m. and 4 to 5 p.m. Another little plug for our mighty community radio station, KBU, in our end-of-year membership drive. Um, so I mean, let's just let's just talk a little bit about it. It's just the brutality. I mean, there's the, the brutality, the occupation of Gaza has been brutal for so long. You know, the brutality against the Palestinian people has been brutal for so long, but it just seems to have gone up several degrees with this. Yeah, big time. I mean, of course, you know, it's uh, regular listeners to Democracy Now! or to Flashpoints or to Al Jazeera or, you know, the non-Western press uh, will already know about this, but the people who have been mostly consuming uh, Western media from across the Western world. I mean, I don't just mean American media, but I, I listen to a lot of, I'm a, I'm a, I spend most of my time consuming all kinds of different media and then writing about it, you know. But, uh, you know, in the Western media, whether you're talking about NPR, BBC, uh, German, French, uh, you know, they're, they're all, uh, they, they all have a, a a uh, a bias that uh, basically has the uh, y- you know the, the what's the occupation of the Palestinian people by Israel is is somewhere on on the back burner and if it's ever when it's mentioned it's always sort of contextualized in a in a completely warped way to try to start the narrative in some some way that makes the Israeli uh, g- uh, occupier look like the uh, victim somehow or other. And that's that's been done for seventy five years now, and it's there's they're well practiced at uh, making Israel uh, look like the victim. And if if you keep doing that for for generations, and you start your narrative like that, uh, like the kind of narrative that the Israeli them Israelis themselves has grown up with, you know, and you can you can you can completely. Uh, uh, you can warp around uh, reality uh, really effectively that way and um, keep keep the Western world pretty much in the dark, uh, you know. And then people, they don't, you know, they'll talk about how they don't have uh, reporters in, in Gaza, you know, so many of these Western outlets. And what they mean is they don't trust Palestinians to talk about what's going on in Palestine. Because if, you, if you're tuned into Al Jazeera, they've got reporters all over Gaza. They're Palestinian reporters reporting on what's going on, and they're doing it extremely professionally and taking extreme risks and being killed and having their entire families killed. Yeah, I was killed. just going to say, there's like been, what, 70, 80 Palestinian, 90? 90, 90 over Palestinian. 90, yeah. And, and, and then that's not Palestinian counting. reporters killed, yeah. That's right. And that's not counting their family members. You know, and many of them have lost dozens of family members. And uh, quite likely they all died because Israel wanted to target that one reporter which is uh, clearly what they're doing they're targeting they're not they're not just indiscriminately killing people they're doing that but they're also t- specifically targeting reporters intellectuals artists doctors uh, administrators of all kinds yeah i wanted to you know talk a little bit about more about your song especially in light of the last report on on Gaza on, on uh, democracy now just the story just before the one that ended it before the show talking about the uh, the attacks on the, the the small Christian community mainly Catholic community and there's this uh, church that uh, a number of people have taken refuge in in Gaza City that was first bombed a couple months ago and just now they're I mean, the, the Israeli snipers are just picking people off <clears throat> who are coming out of the church to go to the bathroom or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my thought is, you know, my I, I wrote this, 
you know, my my tiny little contribution. I wrote a finally fired off an email to Ron Wyden, who hasn't peep, spoken a peep about a possible ceasefire, and he, you know, he would have a lot of weight as a senator, as a Jewish senator, and uh, to my knowledge, he hasn't called for a ceasefire right yet. Not that I know of. Yeah. So I said, you know, do you have a benchmark? for the level of slaughter and devastation in Gaza that would cause you to call for a ceasefire. And you, you, your mind is like, there's got to be something that's going to, you know, shake the world up, that's going to make, you know, and slowly there are more countries, you know, speaking out. You know, it's just, it's, it's, it's cruelly and horribly slow, this process of, you know, like how many tens, how many thousands, how many tens of thousands of people have to die, how many essential infrastructure how much essential infrastructure has to be totally destroyed and you know? speaking out what good will it do anyway i mean you know the the, uh, the so United- anyway let me just finish that yeah, yeah. so so it's like oh you know if they're starting to kill christians certainly that's got to trigger right? something you know but no but no <laughs> especially in the christmas season yeah no no well i mean of course we're in the country that bombed uh, hanoi on christmas day in 1972 killing thousands and thousands yeah, I mean, you know, that's our that's our Christian tradition here is is uh, slaughtering people from the air on Christmas Day. So, I mean, you know, it's not like, um, you know, the bar is already set pretty high in terms of, uh, you know, we, we, this is a genocidal regime. The, the bombing of Vietnam was a genocidal bombing campaign. The bombing of Laos and Cambodia were genocidal bombing campaigns. And everybody uh, who ha- who cares about humanity or history or, or rationality or reality uh, has to come to terms with that f- for sure. And then, uh, and then come to terms with the fact that we are now backing and have been for a long time, but we're clearly unequivocally by any basic anybody with basic skills of observation can see we are now backing a genocidal war against the Palestinian people, and this is something that you know heads of every United Nations department, UNICEF, uh, the secretary, the Secretary General. There's so many other uh, department heads of every UN department. They're all going nuts, you know, like chickens running around with their heads cut off, having press conferences constantly, you know. And the, of course, the 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 head of the U.S. military, the Secretary of State, so many others, uh, the presidents, constantly going back and forth uh, into the Middle East and different countries. And this is barely being reported in the West. Press, but in the in the outside of the West, uh, you know, they're reporting this as a as an ongoing crisis. They're having emergency meetings with the United Nations and this all this uh, constantly. The the fourth ever, you know, it's all this unprecedented stuff and of so many in so many ways. But you know, none of it uh, moves the needle. And and it's it's worth remembering that the invasion of Iraq, which took the lives of hundreds of thousands of Iraqis. Uh, was not condoned by the United Nations. You know, it was it was opposed by the United Nations, and it happened anyway. Indeed, and then of course there's the <clears throat> the uh, contradictions of having a Security Council. Yeah, and people the veto. Would, the veto. Anyway, we won't go into all that. So, um, uh, you know, I'll just invite people to call in. We've got a lot to talk about. Five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. Once again, apologies for the dead air at the beginning of the show, and uh, happens. So I hope people did stick with us through that and are listening still. 503-231-8187 is a number to talk with uh, David Rovix. So, you know, last time you were on, um, 
we kind of talked about, you know, your um, your reasons, you know, what your kind of basis for your uh, passion on this issue and your why you take such an interest. Maybe just share once again a little bit about your your <coughs> excuse me your personal background, being yourself Jewish, and uh, having such a, a deep concern for the way Judaism is is has been taken uh, in the creating the state of Israel and the the policies of the state of Israel the 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 ludicrous just uh, the, the it, it, that's gone up many notches the calling of any criticism of the state of Israel, the protests, pro-Palestinian protests, calling them anti-Semitic. Yeah, this goes way back, of course, you know, and um, calling anybody who opposes Israeli uh, apartheid or Israeli ethnic cleansing or Israeli genocide, uh, depending on what's going on, depending on how we're defining our terms. Uh, but, uh, define, you know, any opposition to, to Israeli policies has long been denounced as anti-Semitic, and, and those of us of Jewish lineage have traditionally been denounced as self-loathing Jews. These days, they stopped calling us self-loathing Jews, and they just call us anti-Semites, which is very confusing uh, And in and, and terms of um, who, how, how they're defining these terms. I don't know. I mean, you know, I grew up with uh, my grandparents being, you know, my father's parents being Jewish and growing up with uh, lots of, uh, you know, stories about the Holocaust and uh, all sorts of other, you know, stories. But uh, so, you know, I definitely grew up with this idea that uh, that horrible things can happen and that we should be opposed to these kinds of horrible things happening, like genocide, you know, for sure. But uh, it's not that my... I, it's not like my grandparents were trying to, you know, turn me into a fighter against, uh, you know, oppression at all. You know, they, they were much, they weren't, that's not what they were about. But certainly they um, instilled in me a, a horror of, of genocide from their own personal family backgrounds. I mean, we lost, uh, everybody my grandmother had been in touch with in Europe, uh, she lost touch with after, by the end of the war, 40 or 40 people, they're all dead. But um, you know, so but but I think it's really more just uh, as a as an as a human being and and as an American and as somebody that started reading uh, international press at the age of twelve, uh, you know, and somehow or another came across people like Noam Chomsky to help me, you know, with understand the world in a sensible way. Uh, you know, I was uh, it was obvious. Well, I mean, when I was, I guess I was like. Uh, young teenager when when Israel invaded uh, Lebanon and I was reading about that and, and even just in mainstream press reports you could you could still uh, understand what was going on here that was was uh, was totally unjust and uh, that became more and more clear to me as I got older and but the the issue of of Israel is is particularly uh, you know relevant to Americans because uh, not of any background uh, because we are the country this is the country that makes it possible for Israel to do what it does this is the country that gives them diplomatic cover and that provides them with a huge amount of their military budget for free that's the United States you know Israel is like a, a protectorate it was interesting. Um Last week, I had my co-host Jacqueline Cure on, and, and uh, we talked about Gaza at the beginning of the show, and and she's written some about about the kind of the parallels between the Palestinian question and the the Nakba that happened here with colonization, and uh, 
you know, in, right here, right here where we are. And, uh, and she was, she was saying that, um, um, I, I lost my, I hate when that happens. You lose <laughs> the brain fart. This, as a performer, this is my my technique. Is anytime I have a brain fart, it's really like cheating compared to being a radio host or an intellectual or an academic or something. Because as soon as you you trail off in some direction, you you just consider that your strange song introduction, and you start playing the next song. You know, it's it's like the always like the the easy way out. You know, whenever that happens. It's, anyway, we'll, we'll come we'll come back to that. But um, so we do have three more songs we could play that have recently been. <laughs> mixed if That's you right. want we'll, we'll, we'll go to one in a, a bit i didn't want to i didn't want to uh it was a darn important point oh it was it, it was the <laughs> earth earth shatteringly important kind of it was the kind of point now that, that was gonna... chattering about everything else if i really will never think of it anyway this isn't too interesting to people listening out there 503-231-8187 that's the number to call in and talk to my guest david Robix, talking about the the horrors going on in gaza the unending up to what Thirty thousand people killed, as if that you know, you know, it's like a number, you know. Yeah. But it's uh, it represents, you know, just utter utter devastation. And and we could we could stop it. And it's we also could, and we could the, the United States could you know could yeah. say we you know you know a dozen more deaths and we're going to cut off we're going to cut back your military spending. We're not going to send any more another shipment of arms. It would be just the simplest thing in the world, but no, the the everything's just gone. I don't know. It there just seems to be, you know, even even the sort of the reasonableness that there seemed to sort of be, which, as you say, there never really was, given our no. given our history and our foreign policy. But it just seems like it's all <clears throat> it's all just been. Well, completely removed. People don't realize in the Western world generally because they're not being told by the Western media. So unless they're following, you know, other other press, they don't realize that the, that Israel has been run by an openly fascist government for years now. You know, openly fascist. I mean, openly calling for pogroms, openly carrying out pogroms, openly arming uh, settlers tens with tens of thousands of machine guns, openly talking about uh, you know taking over all of what they call Judea and Sumeria area, you know, which is what the rest of the world calls the Occupied West Bank. Uh, I mean, this has been, you know, during uh, 2018, 2019, during the Great March of Return, when, when there were thousands of Palestinians every uh, Friday after Friday prayers uh, marching to the fence uh, with uh, Gaza and Israel, um, they were being massacred by snipers every Friday, every Friday afternoon. There were people, civilians massacred. Uh, but, you know, and this, the massacre in 2018, in the spring of 2018, made the international news. Uh, the first massacre made the news. The second massacre on the next Friday made the news a bit. And once the third massacre happened, it was just out of the Western media. And it went on every Friday for a year and a half. But this is the kind of stuff we're missing. This is the kind of background we're missing in the Western world, unless we're actually paying attention. So I did. I, I was going also to the 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 movement to end the war against Gaza and the Palestinian people, and you participated in, I believe, in an action last uh, last week, which was one of eight a coordinated set of eight uh, takeovers of bridges around the country. And uh, but we, since we got a caller, let's uh, hold off on that. Let's hear what Joel has to ask or say. Go ahead, Joel. You're on the air. Hello? 
Well, we can't hear you, so we're going to have to turn you down for a second and get back to you if you're able to be comprehensible. So um, talk about that. Yeah, there's and, and sort of how what's led up that seems to be a there seems to be an escalation also of response. There does seem to be a real movement growing around the world and even in the United States. I mean, really, uh, th- yeah. There's been uh, once again I, they, they they use the word unprecedented, and uh, it may actually be a accurate uh, term in in this case that there have been uh, so many people pouring out into the streets all over the world uh, in solidarity with the Palestinian people that it's been uh, the the numbers and the numbers of people coming out on such a regular basis has been just tremendous. And certainly in London, uh, it's been like uh, half a million people pouring out into the streets every few days, it seems, you know, it's, 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 uh, but of course in so many countries they have, uh, they have a, a real uh, sort of structure. I mean, where I just was in, in uh, Scandinavia for m- m- much of the month of November, I was touring and performing at protests and, and uh, doing gigs uh, in what I was calling the ceasefire tour uh, in Denmark and Norway and Sweden. And there were, you know, in, in Copenhagen, they've got thousands of people coming out into the streets uh, every day for, for months. Uh, you know, they, they do, um, they, they, they start out with multiple different uh, gatherings of different people in different parts of the of the city who who are have uh, different kinds of uh, you know sort of organized around different in in different communities or through different organizations like they may be uh, might be one area might be more muslim community organization another might be uh healthcare workers another might be uh, anarchists or whatever and different gr- gatherings they'll have protests and then they'll all march through the city and and gather it together in another big protest so it's i mean what all i'm saying is that in in much of the world it's and and also in places like michigan we're talking about community organizations we're talking about you know massive numbers of people where they're coming out of the 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 community and also there that there are organizations that are a, that where that are able to sort of stand these marches up in a sense like the, you know where they have they have structures they have mailing lists buildings uh, you know sound systems all you know so they're able to get get these kinds of numbers out uh, in a way that has not been happening in most American cities uh, to to be uh, perfectly frank including this one you know I mean we had three hundred people uh, taking over the bridge and it was a it was a uh, fine. Uh, it, w- it was a you know really good action and and good that they are happening all over the country. But you know the, these eight different bridges that were shut down in different cities, and I think they had quite a turnout in Los Angeles, which makes sense. But um, yeah, it's it's not it's not the, not at the level that we're seeing in Europe or, or many other countries. Well, it sounds like Joel might be able to come on, and we got a couple other callers after that. So let's go to Joel. Go ahead, you're on the air. Hello, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, so um, here's the question: Who, which is Israel run by Ashkenazi Jews? Um, partly, I mean, Ashkenazi Jews in, in Israel are overrepresented in in uh, positions of power, but but uh, Israel is not run by Ashkenazi Jews, but it's okay. they're overrepresented for sure. Okay, here's here's another question for you. So, uh, uh, if you look at the uh, lineage of Ashkenaz, the what he was like a grandson of Noah, if I'm not mistaken. I actually don't know. Okay, 
my point is that Ashkenazi Jews are not Semites. Oh, that's a very interesting. I mean, historically, and I mean, this stuff is fascinating. I think um, I, I don't know I, to whatever extent is relevant. I don't know, but it is fascinating. And like in terms of who became Jewish because of conversion in the 14th century, and you know, I mean, genetically, the Palestinians genetically are the Jews. I mean, in terms of like um, who? Uh, no, they're Semites. They're not Jews. They're well, Semites. No, I mean, in terms of in terms of the the Jews who are supposedly like all kicked out of uh, kicked out of Palestine 2,000 years ago, most of them were not kicked out. They stayed and they 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 you know they laid low. They became Christians. They became Muslims. And genetically, uh, though, uh, they are the Palestinians today. And the 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 people from Europe who are you know, who, who who have long considered themselves Jews are not necessarily people that all have, uh, you know, Middle Eastern or descent, you know, genetically. You know, they're they're much more like Europeans. You know. Yes, exactly. So, how can the Ashkenazi claim uh, uh, claim the Holy Land because they weren't there when God gave it to the Jews? And you can't you can't transfer that title by conversion yeah it's very interesting there's there's uh i mean you know i don't know how much of all the religious stuff actually has anything to do with the state of israel because it's much more like a uh that was all an excuse to to uh colonize i would say uh to the the arab arab lands you know but all this religious stuff it, it was was an excuse like it is in so many other countries i mean there were there were excuses re along religious lines that were used for why uh you know europeans deserved to take the america and the same kinds exactly. of rationale. It's just an excuse, you know. Yeah, but but the but it is. I mean, to the extent that you know. But it's also interesting, you know, history in in terms of like how this all happened and who considers themselves to be who and why and you know all that. But yeah, it's fundamentally it's an excuse for colonizing someone else's land. Well, we got a couple other so callers. You want to make a we final? We can't point? let that. We can't let that fly. We can no longer let that fly. I agree. Well. The and question blame is, it on the British. The question uh, is, who are who are we, and who who who? who we humans. Yeah, we humans, but do huh? we have? Do, the question always is though: do we do we have the ability to make that stick? And so that's the big question. So we'll see if the movement to end the war against Gaza is really going to become like a, a serious threat to the the global right. global power uh, structure. Anyway, Joel, we got to. What gotta, we need to do. What we need to do is is is. Uh, liberate Washington D.C. and no longer have it as Israeli-occupied territory. Well, that's a little bit of an overstatement. I, I don't know if you agree, Dave. We got to well, let you go because we got a couple other callers. I often wonder who is the protectorate. Is, is, is Israel a protectorate of the U.S. or is it the other way around? I, I have no idea. But the the uh, the influence is is so huge, and the, the irrationality of U.S. foreign policy in, in, in uh, serving the interests of Israel at the detriment of what you would think would be, uh, what would be sensible interests for the U.S. and other parts of the world. I mean, it, these things are in conflict with each other. Like, if the U.S. wants to be, you know, close to its so-called Arab allies, you know, at the same time that it is, you know, condoning genocide, uh, you know, of Arabs by, by Israel, uh, this, these are conflicting interests, and so it is very worth uh, raising the point. Like, who is calling the shots here, and, and what are their interests? Because uh, I don't know what the Americans' interests supposedly are here. Okay, thank you, Joel. Um, we're going to go on to another call in a second, but I guess, and you know, there's, a, there's many 
big pieces to this. Another big piece is intertwining the really bizarre theologically and otherwise and, and politically uh, intertwining with, you know, the evangelical Christians, the, you know, the people who, you know, mm -hmm. the, the apocalyptic evangelicals who have this fixation on Israel. There's a, it's a really strange, very strange. strange. They're anti-Semites yeah. who, who, who support Israel because, uh, because when the second coming happens, Israel will be destroyed and then the good people all go to heaven. <laughs> I think it's something like that. But then, and then in terms of the uh, Hasidic uh, scene, you know, there's, there's three, there's three main uh, sort of, uh, you know, whatever sects of the Hasidim of the Hasidic uh, Jews, and one of them uh, is, is totally against the existence of the state of Israel, and 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 they're constantly protesting uh, against uh, is Israeli crimes against Palestinians, and they are in Israel themselves as well as in New York. Wonderful bunch, you know. So let's get to our next caller, which looks like to be Tangent. Interesting yeah. name, Tangent. Go ahead, cool you're on name. there. Yeah, thanks. Um, it's a pseudonym, basically. Anyway, um, one is I. So to just um, put in where are you asking who's controlling who? I think that Joe Biden is on Netanyahu's puppet strings. Um, but the thing I think, either your point, Paul, or, or Jacqueline's point, is something I've been thinking about. I think what it might have been was the reason we, this nation, this government supports this massacre. I don't. I can't call it a war. It's like a war on a mosquito. Come on. Um, that uh what did we do with the natives that were here stole all the land i don't even like settler colonials too soft we need land thieves <laughs> murderers <laughs> somebody shows up at your house with uh, you know machine guns and, and the army behind them that's what that is it's so okay, reminiscent one last, it? one, yeah. one last um and then even genocide is it's horrific to me but it's not seeming to work so i think we should start calling it infanticide Killing of children, babies is infanticide. Mm. Okay. Well, th thank you for calling. Let's just go right right to our next caller, and you two can join at five zero three two three one eight one eight seven. But before we do, Santiago, just hold on a second because we are in our end of the year membership drive, and I had neglected to mention that uh, we have a. Uh, a dollar-to-dollar -dollar match of up to $20,000 thanks to the generous support of a group of KBU donors. So this is like a perfect time. If you contribute $20, you're contributing $40. If you contribute $50, you're contributing $100. Or, you know, a dollar you're contributing to. Whatever amount. Whatever amount, we're, we'll, we'll, we'll gladly take your support at this time. So uh, double your contribution today and... Uh, Go to uh, kboo.fm, click on Donate, or text KBOO to, to 44321, 44321. That's the way to do it. We really appreciate it. All of you uh, constant supporters, mm, we love you. We love you. We've got to keep this station going. People who haven't stepped up yet, this is your chance. This is your chance right now. Anyway, let's go to Santiago. Go ahead. You're on the air. Good morning. Um you know, I think it's really what the last caller was saying, talking about settler colonialism. I think I don't think it's really a bad word to say. I just don't think that Americans have really actually come to grips with what that means, because the same, the, a lot of the a lot of the same tactics and spirit had been were used on the indigenous people here. You know, my people and 
many others in order to uh, forcibly take the land. And I think that's one other thing that people don't realize is this is a for the for the U.S. Like I think uh, I think uh, Dave mentioned it earlier. You know, this is uh, you know what they're doing out there is they're they're creating a protectorate, and I don't think it's I think it's symbiotic. Although I would although I would say that America is providing the funds, but I mean. You know, it's like they they got they they got high. They they're protecting their access to oil. You know, the Saudi Arabian the Saudi Saudi Arabia gives them access to oil. You know, they they don't want to deal with they they want to put down as many leftist leftist democratic uprisings as possible in order to protect their stake in oil, among other things. But I think it's also important to remember is that America has never been a friend of the Jewish people ever. You know, at the height of World War II, when Hitler was slaughtering people, they were sending them away. Yeah. You know, they but, were they were not they were not having any of that. And then and then it's also too important to remember too that you know the people who pull the strings in America, the Rockefellers and all that, they were giving their money to the fascists. They were giving their money to Mussolini, to Hitler, to uh, to all to all those cats, to Franco, because they. Number one, they 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 just don't like Jewish people. But the other part is too, is that they understood that you know that the that the social that the democratic the the socialist democratic revolution of nineteen of the you know the in Russia they didn't want socialism to spread, so they were perfectly happy with Germany and us and uh, the USSR duking it out to the last man and having right. no interest in that battle. But I mean. It all just comes back to the fact that we just, you know, it, it, it's just there. We have to stop pretending that there is any humanity in the American government outside of what humanity is brought by the people through um, protracted struggle, whether it's armed struggle or, or you know, non or our civil disobedience. That, that's the only humanity that's possible so waiting on the waiting on politicians to do something worthwhile is never going to happen because the change comes from the bottom up not from the top down right here, on. Here. but but then again it, yes of course but pressure on you know i think you would agree santiago and david i hope i maybe not but you know i, I mentioned widen i mean it, it shouldn't be the ex, certainly not the exclusive focus and maybe not the main focus Obviously, not the main or the exclusive focus, focusing on trying to change their minds. But it's it's a tool, you know. If we could well, get Wyden to flip, it, he isn't. A, you know, he isn't. A, we have to recognize the, to you know, we have to recognize that the reality of change does come through the people. Popular struggle, but part of popular struggle is recognizing that you have this political system that you can possibly sometimes force in your direction. Well, we have, we have, I mean, that's a history. Well, that's true. But the difference is, is a hundred years ago, we had thriving syndicalists, anarchists, socialists, communist organizations that were all organized under a working class banner where people were, people were being educated. They were being organized, agitated and educated. And because of the red scare, like you can't, I mean, even just, even just Keynesian reforms are seen as communist and shut down immediately. So if we don't have, if we don't have a solid, if we don't have a solid working class base, that's organized around anti-imperialism, anti-colonialism and, uh, you know, and, uh, 
and well, I, would... I mean, we don't, we're not going to, we're not going to be able to create that kind of pressure on a large scale that's going to be able to move the needle. And then, of course, uh, uh, the kind of working class movement you're talking about, Santiago, and, and I'm often um, preaching exactly the same kind of thing. Is this the, the, the kind of the kind of movement that we had a hundred years ago that you're talking about? The kind of the kind of movement that that uh, that largely built the the more progressive of the social democratic countries in Europe, like in Scandinavia, the kind of movement that actually built countries that where cooperatives and unions are in power. Uh, you know, which doesn't necessarily, in, in all cases, uh, you know, we can talk about the problems with Scandinavia, but but in terms of like the good aspects and in terms of cooperatives and unions and and in building countries, you know, this is the kind of political power that that I think yeah you know, is is real and rather than uh, you know influencing politicians who may change uh, their you know it, it'll be a new crop of politicians in a few years and and whatever their vote is 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 totally like uh, it's all totally precarious in terms of you know the impact on society unlike the kind of uh, creative creating of institutions like you're talking about of unions and cooperatives and real uh, real power from the, from the bottom up. Which I think, I mean, we need anything that can change anything, whatever works, you know, but that's, I think. I think this is an incredibly valuable conversation, and it's really interesting for me to just sit here and listen. We do have two other callers, Santiago, so maybe if you want to make a final point or just go to the other callers. Um, my final point would be that, you know, in order to build these working class organizations and to make them last, we, you know, that we have to, we have to create narratives that allow people to come to grips because I think that's the the biggest reason why a lot of the, the what you would call rainbow coalitions didn't work out didn't work on the long term in outside of uh, outside of government interference due to assassinations and infiltrations is that you know it's not something that's going to be fixed overnight but it's also going to be something where the the people who benefit most from the system have to come to terms as to why they benefit okay we, gotta, we have to we provide gotta, those we, we gotta, have to provide those new ways of thinking we got to call it there because we got two more callers and lots to talk about thank you as always um well let's just go to mark go ahead you're on the air good morning uh, i wonder if you can uh tell us where we could get david's new song and thank him for being on and uh, also, you talked about reporters and, and uh, commentators being uh, targeted and killed. And you said, and sometimes they get the whole families. Well, Israel has a policy if you are declared to be a terrorist or a bad guy in their eyes in a formal way, then they, they not only kill you or target you, but they target your whole family and even your extended family. And that's uh, standard operating procedure. So some of these deaths are not collateral damage per se, yeah. but they're intentional targeting. Thank you, and Mark. I'll just take the rest of this off the, off the air. Thank okay. you. So true, and and of course the policy going back decades has been uh, anybody uh, that that you know commits an act that they call terrorism, um, th they then uh, go in and demolish their family home. That's a standard procedure. Um, although um, you know bombing a you know what what is sometimes seven, twelve stories of, of an apartment building, killing everybody inside in order to get at one reporter. That's new. That's 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 uh, you know, the, 
that's new. Um, but uh, yeah, but demolishing homes of people accused of crimes has has been going on for for decades, and it's uh, incredibly uh, it's outrageous form of collective punishment either way. And how can people get your songs and your writings? I have now written. Um, I, I guess a dozen essays about the what's been going on over the past two months, as well as uh, fifteen songs, and I have them all collected at davidrovix.com/palestine. Um, and I'm also doing a show uh, here in Portland on January twentieth uh, uh, for uh, in downtown. And info about the show is there at davidrovix.com/palestine as well. You also have a Substack. Yeah, I'm on uh, all those essays. Many of those essays that are on that uh, that page there are are uh, published in Substack. Sometimes in Counterpunch, but usually Substack is where I'm. Since I'm out. looking at it right here, I'll just say your concert will be on Saturday, January twentieth, seven p.m. at eight one eight Southwest First Avenue in Portland. The fundraiser for the International Middle East Media Center, I M E M. C.org. Tell us about that. Uh, it's a fantastic uh, website for anybody looking for information uh, updated constantly on what's going on in occupied uh, territories uh, and throughout you know, Palestine. Um, great website. I've been friends and with the folks who've been running it for, you know, I guess, 20 years now about and uh, met them originally in, in Palestine. And um but it's uh, so you know they got they they but they they've been keeping track of all the people killed in the course of the Israeli occupation for years. That's one of the sources for data if people are looking for data. And so that uh, you can find that actually in the, the the poster, the picture of the poster for his concert is on um, my program page for this show, KBO.FM Wednesday Talk Radio. But we got a couple more callers. Barth, go ahead. You're on the air. Are you still there, Barth? Uh, is this me, Mark? Well, let's just go to Mark. Uh, oh, yeah. I, th- I thought you already were on. No, it's a different Mark. Oh, okay. That's confusing. Go ahead. <laughs> Some, somewhere, thanks for your passion, both both of you, David and Paul. Um, somewhere I read that the, the United States was the first country to introduce progressive taxation. So now, we, now we're 100 years later in our decline... And uh, we are facing censorship. We're facing uh, uh, totally uh, irresponsible um, hypocrisy. Uh, uh, Stephen Colbert, a couple of days ago, began his program by saying, it's beginning to look a lot like fascism. Now, I, I wanted to make a comment uh, that the, the United Nations, by a vote of 153 to 10, declared that occupying powers don't have a right of self-defense. Yeah. Now, that's very important. It might be very hard for corporate news to, uh, to recognize and to, to communicate, but, but uh, if, if, Biden em- I mean, if Biden embraces Netanyahu and says, I am a Zionist, then we are going to... We are going to um, be involved in that same crash, that same uh, irresponsible um, uh, genocide. Okay. Well, we got we got only have like eight minutes left, and we got a couple more callers, so we'll, okay. we'll leave it there. Thank I want to respond to that. 
Oh, I, I, a lot of good points, and I, I agree. It's, it's, uh, that's, it's. It, the United States is is isolated and in the world. Uh, the United States doesn't lead the free world. The United States is an isolated autocratic power that the everybody else in the world uh, is is against when it comes to um, a lot of different things, but particularly when it comes to things like Israeli Israel committing genocide. You can see uh, in the UN vote that he mentioned one was like one fifty four to ten, I believe. And those 10 countries uh, that voted alongside with the United States were mostly uh, tiny little island countries that are protectorates of the United States and have a to- represent a total of less than 1% of the world's population. Okay, well, let's go to our next caller. I'm not sure who that is at this point, but you will announce yourself. Okay, go ahead, John. Hi. Uh, thanks for your passion and your show. Um, <clears throat> I was just going to bring up that I've told a couple different people I think they were both progressives, and they both told me I was delivering BS. I said uh, the U.S. handling of the native people was the inspiration for Hitler, and they both said, oh, Hitler didn't need any inspiration. He was uniquely evil or something. Yeah, right. So anyway, it's my frustration with uh, you almost have to have an encyclopedia or or a cell phone and have the pa- uh, the other person patient enough to make make your point it's it's getting frustrating uh, getting getting to the truth these days with other people that's a very frustrating anyway. one right there yeah but because yeah. people have grown up with this indoctrination for generations americans and germans and people around the world who have but particularly Americans and Germans have grown up with this indoctrination of Nazi exceptionalism that that uh, you know Hitler you know came out of a vacuum that Germany's the root of all evil and that you know what happened there uh, you know never happened before or since and it's this it was part of the rationale for forming the alliance against Germany and like Santiago was saying earlier in that call like it, it, the, the alliance against they, they loved the fascists all the Western powers loved the fascists they were taken on yeah. the Bolshevik. You know, it was once they invaded, and once Germany invaded France, that things started changing. Then it was like, oh, wait a second, you're not supposed to do that, you know. But uh, then there was this temporary alliance against fascism, and they created the whole narrative of Nazi exceptionalism. But the fact is, Hitler didn't come out of a vacuum, and he was very inspired by U.S. policies and by South African policies. Okay, and, well, and also, Hitler famously said, who remembers the Armenians? I think that's one of the most famous, one of the most important quotes from Hitler ever. Who remembers the Armenians? You know, when people said, "Well, you're not going to get away with this," you know, killing all these people. You know, well, who remembers the Armenians? Okay, we got it. We got to let you go, John, because we got one more caller, and we want to respect uh, Mary uh, voice as well. Go ahead, you're on the air, Mary. Hi, hi, guys. Um, well, me being 66 years old and going to high school and you know, getting the same education in America that we all did. I started to real, start to think that after World War II, Israel was our, our base. We made it our base in the Middle East. And from then on, things that we wanted to do that were probably would be considered evil, we could uh, kick it off. And I thought it was, I always, I, nobody's ever mentioning Golda Meir, in 67, she was half American. So she came from the United States and went to Israel. Netanyahu, same thing. He's half from the United States. Winston Churchill was half American. 
Um, so that's why I, I believe the United States, we are a corporation and uh, fr- from England, from Britain. So we're just a colony of Britain, but we can do things from here. And that's why we are also, they always say we're a melting pot in a country, uh, immigrants. Every war, we have the immigrants that are here, that are from Europe or wherever, and they go send money back and forth. And uh, it's just various ways to get us involved in lots and lots of wars. And okay, which, uh, since I was born, we have not been not in one whether a proxy or full-on. And it looks like, uh, it, you know, Ukraine, uh, peop- even progressives were sort of on the fence, you know, him and Hahn. And now, now this one, uh, it's like in the United States, we have a war for the progressives, which is Ukraine, and then we have the war for the, re- for hmm. the conservatives, hmm. which is Israel. That's an interesting so. point. We've yeah. got to let that be the last point for you, Mary, because we are almost okay. out of time. Thank you so much for you All calling right, thank and you. everyone else. Um, so caller wants us to repeat the name of the website on the Middle East on the air. IMEMC.org, the Independent Middle East Media Center. IMEMC.org, and also you can go to davidrovics.com slash Palestine. And uh, so I did want to say, uh, for those who are um, swing this way, widen.senate.gov slash contact, at least do that one thing. Email him, um, call his off one of his office locations, call all of his office locations, call him several times a day. I mean, that's one thing, you know, if we can increase the pressure on Wyden, he, he has influence on this issue among many others. But anyway, that's one thing. What what other things can people do? Well, speaking of that, if you know, being that we're in Portland and I'm in Portland and everything, if anybody wants to have a, a regular uh, protest or vigil or something at Wyden's office uh, every week, I'm, I'm way into it. Contact me. Let me know. I got a sound system and an instrument and we can have a good time making making a scene there. But and they can contact you through davidrubix.com again? Yeah, they just click on the contact there and there's my phone number and email and all that stuff. You're, yeah. you're so accessible. I'm very so? accessible. I, I give away my home address. Nobody can dox me. You know, it's impossible. You know, I know all my neighbors. Speaking of doxing and deplatforming, we didn't talk about it. There's too much to talk there's about. It's all it's about. all intertwining and related, but there's always too much to but talk about. But I do about. have a le- link to one article, Winning Arguments in the Matrix or Extracting Ourselves from It, which does talk extensively about deplatforming, so they can go there Maybe we'll go out with a different song um, than the first one. Good idea. Um, Yeah, so uh, January 20, once again, you're going to be at uh, 818 Southwest First Avenue. You didn't talk about what that location is. is Oh, it's a cool new cooperative space with lots of great artwork and artists and artisans and people doing great stuff in there. In downtown Portland. Downtown Portland, yeah. Since the the old indie media was on Burnside, I don't know of a... Alternative, other than some no. cool alternative uh, rock rock venues. Anyway, let's uh, we got to go out. Thank you, David. Thank you, Paul. It's been really good. This is Wednesday Talk Radio. Support us. Go to kbo.org and click on donate. Text KBOO to four four three two one. Support David Rovix and other voices. How to sail where the wind blows. Poetry, philosophy, religions had their start. Lots of different peoples made up the beating heart. 
of the land of Palestine, from Safa to Beersheba, from Jerusalem to Jaffa, from Acre to Rafa, where they dream of the day when Palestine is free, from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. disasters that had shaken all the world. A new state was declared, a new flag unfurled, and the Nakba engineered. With the map redrawn, three quarters of a million refugees, their homes taken, gone, occupied, invaded by those called theirs, where the people are forever in the crosshairs, where they dream of the day when Palestine is free. From the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea Since 1948 the diaspora has grown Within and without the occupation zone Towns reduced to rubble while the settlements expand Taking up more and more of what's left of the land And wherever people rise up and see fit to resist Though the colonizers say they're just terrorists They dream of the day when Palestine is free from the... You're listening to KBOO Portland 90.7 FM The time is 9 a.m. You are tuned in to KBOO Portland on 90.7 FM and streaming on the web at kboo.fm. KBOO's end of year campaign is happening right now. We invite you to donate and become a member today. We have the full spectrum of ways to join. Go to kboo.fm give or by texting KBOO to the number 44321. You can also mail a check to the station at 20 Southeast 8th Avenue in Portland. Cut through the clouds and make it rain to help us meet our $75,000 goal by December 31st.